Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? Very well, thank good. you. Good. And ready and raring to go. We have a few things on foreign policy which are uh, very important, but we'll also probably mention COVID. It's, it's hard not to. Yeah. Those, those two events are going on. And one thing is common for both is distortion, beliefs, uh, who are you going to believe and, and what does it all mean uh, and, and why do they do things? Uh, I always like to ask the question, why, why, why? Then you might get to the answer, who's benefiting? Yeah. Who, who, who's, whose bank account is going to be improved over all this? And uh, on the first issue that we talk about, there's a lot of that going on because it's going to be on foreign policy directly related uh, to uh, China. Mm -hmm. Because we all, we know, we've talked about it and there's been much written in history, we always have to have an enemy. Matter of fact, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, founders, I think it was John Quincy Adams, that said, you always have to have an enemy out there to keep things going. And, and now that the in, military industrial complex is so powerful, yeah. they're very much involved. And now when we have this whole, whole thing about uh, how this uh, Marxism works and how the control of the media works, you, you have to, you, there's a real job on figuring out. But basically, um, for me, what I do is I assume if I'm getting a message from the government, I have to assume, well, they're going to have to prove it to me, yeah. <laughs> what, what they're saying. But uh, I want to start off with uh, uh, Rand because he's been in the news and I, he doesn't need me to pump him up. <laughs> but but he has said some important things and he is getting attention on this. And uh, fortunately for us, it's a uh, attention for the non-interventionist foreign policy. And uh, he gets some heat from this. But uh, he has now... Uh, you know, pursued this thing on Millie. Yeah. You know, he's already talked about it, but uh, he he uh, yesterday was uh, quizzing was Secretary of State or what uh, about you know that kind of stuff going on with the general. This could be more dangerous. He yeah. was pointing out the dangers. How will the Chinese react to this? Do they know? Do they know and understand? I'm sure they're suspicious that there's a lot of politicking going on. Yeah. But what is politicking and what is true? And if you get this sort of secret message from the major general in the country who pretends to be, I'm really on your side. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what's happening. Uh, which everybody, especially the uh, pro-Milly and the pro-Biden camp, they say, well, that's taken out of context. Yeah. But uh, it remains to be seen, and it will come out. Unfortunately, uh, it's known now, and they will find the precise words. So far, the words are very precise and could easily have been misinterpreted. And I think Rand's point of a bit of a worry, could, could this precipitate a war? You know, yeah. uh, and that's how a lot of wars get start, started. Sometimes there's false flags on purpose, and sometimes there's accidents and unintended consequences. And uh, this one uh, is is who knows what what the purpose was of this. Uh, there was, I, it's just the one thing that very hard to uh, be acceptable, even though that we're we're worrying that the Chinese might have uh, looked at this that that Trump was on the verge of a real uh, insurrection. You know, he had his troops. Yeah. They took over the Capitol. They, the, they had the tanks there. Yeah. They had an armed force there, the, the whole works. And uh, so it, uh, it, it, uh, it, it is a matter of 
you know, extreme exaggeration here, but very, very serious. And I think this point that Ram makes uh, makes that point how serious it could have been and may still well be a serious uh, effort to confuse everybody on what's happening with China. Yeah. Let's put up that first clip because this is the article from Just the News and it's from an interview that Senator Paul did with this news outlet. And he makes a very good point. And before I restate the point that, uh, that he made, is we do know now that Acting Defense Secretary Christopher Miller has refuted Milley's claims that his call to the Chinese general was just routine, run-of-the-mill stuff. But what but Senator Paul said is, is really an interesting take on it because he says, far from reassuring the Chinese that, hey, everything's going to be okay, that actually may have, as you said, provoked them to think, what? And here's what, here's what Senator Paul said. He said that Milley should be hooked up to a polygraph, and he should be asked this. Did you indicate to the Chinese general that the president was liable to attack and that you would try to prevent it? And it, if true, that could have started a, an accidental war. I mean, you think about it. The Chinese are sitting over there. They're sitting around, whatever. They get a phone call. Oh, it's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Hey, General Lee, how you doing? Uh, just want to let you know, if a war comes, I'll let you know beforehand. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. And the Chinese are sitting there saying, what the heck is going on? Why would they even mention the word war at all? This is something very dangerous. Maybe we better think about our first strike, because if they hit us first, we're toast. We're gone. And so that's what, essentially what the senator is saying, and I think it's a very good point. That's why we have a chain of command, to eliminate that kind of uncertainty. You know, this uncertainty is fed into a system of government, our government, that we have to have the monster, the monster, the current greatest monster, the Hitler of the day, are the, are the Chinese. And uh, they have to have a target. The military industrial complex has to have a target. And the, the military has to have a reason for existing. Uh, it has to be used as a political tool. But the real political tool is the deep state is on the, size of the, on the side of the Democrats and the Republicans. Yeah. And, and they're all for this stuff. But there, there is a contest and a lot. Of, uh, a lot of competition in the Congress over who can be the most hawkish against uh, them. And uh, right now there was another issue dealing with, uh, with China that I've been complaining about all along uh, because I, I've uh, complained about, you know, you know, the South China Sea sort of hints it's close to China, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it may be, oh, it's 20 feet into international waters, but we're going to show them yeah. that we can, you, we can go up there and, and they better not mess with us. So to me, that's a provocation. That's totally unnecessary. We, I think it's insecurity that does that. Either they're trying to provoke something or it's insecurity that you have to tease people and go right up to it. It's like going up to somebody's face and, and saying, you know, if you, if you don't do this, I'm going to sock you. They're just looking for, looking for problem. But now the uh, story out was that, uh, that uh, the, the Chinese will do what we do. We're in the Chinese, the South China Sea. We've been there a long time and uh, it annoys it. And what would we do if they were in the Gulf of Mexico? Nobody asked that question. It, it's automatic that we have an obligation, moral, constitutional, everything that we go and make sure that they know how tough we are. 
Well, sometimes when you have to prove yourself, it's sort of a, like a bully has to prove how tough they are. And uh, that's, what, that's what we do. But now China's coming back. And why should we be surprised? They're only, you know, they, they are a big country. They're having a lot of financial troubles. I don't yeah. think they're actually looking for a war uh, because that would that'd be a bit messy. So they, they said that we're sending our subs out. And they literally said there's going to be close to U.S. Uh, territory. And the report there was it'd be close to Hawaii. And, uh, and see, it, it, it's escalation that is so unnecessary. At the same time, uh, you know, just think of the difference between our relationship with China uh, prior to Nixon and after Nixon. Yeah. I happen to think that as imperfect as it has been and as imperfect as their government, uh, the, uh, the Chinese government is, uh, it's, it's a lot better off than what I remember when I was in high school when yeah. uh, I was uh, hearing about and losing friends being killed in the Korean War by Chinese soldiers. So it definitely has to be better. The trade has been better. There should be an incentive, you know, to stay away from this. But the ulterior motives like money and the military industrial complex and who's the toughest guy on the block and playing politics with it, that's where the problem is. And this whole story reminds me of the famous story that we tell often that's always good, worth repeating, is when the debate in, in the uh, committee on the uh, aggression of the Iraqis, and remember when you made the point in the committee, well, the Iraqis haven't committed aggression with, against us, and the congressman said, excuse me, Dr. Paul, they have committed aggression, they are shooting at us as we bomb them, <laughs> and this is the same kind of situation. The U.S. has sailed the Carl Vinson Carrier Strike Group into the South China Sea recently, and, this, and the U.S. claims, of course, it's no big deal, what are you complaining about? Uh, it's only the freedom of all nations to navigate in international waters is important, especially vital in the South China Sea, is what Rear Admiral Dan Martin said. And that was, of course, um, the issue that was commented upon by the editor-in-chief editor of the Chinese State Global Times newspaper. And he sort of uh, pointed out the hypocrisy. And I don't know if it was an exact warning that they're going to come to Hawaii or if they're just pointing out the hypocrisy of the U.S. because he said, quote, well, hopefully when Chinese warships pass through the Caribbean Sea or show up near Hawaii and Guam one day, the U.S. will uphold that same standard of freedom of navigation. And then he said that day will come soon. So he's saying, hey, you keep sailing through the South China Sea. You keep saying it's no big deal. It's just to have international passage to international waterways. So if we do the same thing, it's going to be okay, right? Well... We'll see because it's probably not going to be right. The um, the submarine issue is involved also in a squabble between our close ally, the uh, the French, and yeah. they had <clears throat> they had a contract uh, <clears throat> with uh, the Australians, <clears throat> and uh, and, and uh, all, all of a sudden we behind the scenes that became <clears throat> out in the open that we tended to. Uh, Interfere sort of reminds me of Colombia. Remember the fight over Colombia? Who gets to sell a, sell the helicopters yeah. to fight the drug war? I mean, that was a big issue. And they finally said, "Well, we'll just split it." Well, here is who gets to sell the helicopters, you know, you, you know, to Australia because they're all, you know, why do the Australians need a nuclear sub yeah. submarine? Well, that's that's their business. Why do we need so many? You yeah, know? yeah. But but anyway. Um, uh, the deal was uh, sort of canned by what we did, and uh, guess who ended up? Uh, they canceled uh, uh, to send the order. The French lost the deal, and uh, guess what? Uh, uh, guess what? The uh, French, the French had said, "Well, 
you, you know, they're a little bit hacked off. Yeah. They're, they're hacked off. They lost a $40 billion deal. Yeah. And there was no respect for, uh, for uh, you know, property rights and contract or things that you would want to do if you're uh, trying to live in a organized or a civilized world. So that is just that, and the French are pretty unhappy about it, which I'm sure they have a right to, but uh, I don't lament the fact that uh, the military-industrial complex uh, uh, maybe gets stiff. Unfortunately, the people who are really in charge of the military-industrial complex just made a big buck. Yeah, yeah. And this is also, and this is why it's kind of in this first segment for us, this is part of the ramping up against China, uh, the ramping up of fear. And this does that because the, the Australians had a deal with France uh, to purchase a number of their state-of-the-art diesel uh, submarines. Uh, that will, goes back to 2016. Well, the U.S. announced this new alliance, and I don't know if anyone's seen the clip, but President Biden forgot the name of the Prime Minister of Australia. It was a little bit uh, disappointing. Uh, but they announced this new alliance and said, hey, we're going to scrap this deal. Sorry, France. We're going to give you nuclear powered subs instead. So what it does, it sends a message to the Chinese that we are upgrading this conflict, we are upgrading uh, this kind of level of tensions with even beyond state-of-the-art ships that we're going to give Australia. And so the message is clear, we're ramping up the fear, we're ramping up the confrontation with China, and who benefits? Certainly not any of us, but as you suggested earlier, the people who are going to make these subs the military-industrial complex and the warmongers everywhere. Yeah, that's that's for sure. The um, the other the other article that we found, and I think it came from Brown Brown University. Uh -huh. uh, that's very they're very good the on monitoring. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's good because they deal with uh, data. Just think of the opposite of the, the uh, scientists in this country, the Fauci's of the world, they deal with data as well. <laughs> but, yeah. but they deal with it as how much can we distort, distort it and get away with it and propagandize with it. I think Brown, at least to me, comes across much more, they deal with numbers. Yeah. They do with it. And uh, the, the uh, uh, number, the amount of money uh, it's more than we had even reported before. He said Pentagon spending has totaled over $14 trillion since the start of the Afghan war. Yeah. But that's probably the whole Middle the East. The war on terror, but yeah. That's a couple bucks. Yeah. What, wonder, what, wonder what the free world, or at the world at, hard, at large, if $14 trillion wouldn't have been malinvestment have invested in weapons of wars and bombs and killing millions of people. You know, the, the world would have to have been a lot better off, but uh, ne nevertheless, it's done in the name of patriotism. It's uh, done in the name of national defense and protecting our liberties. That's sort of, that's sort of far-fetched, but we're always involved there to protect our constitution and our freedom, which is not true. That's what I, you know, the, uh, probably one of the only ways we're going to win is if people start realizing what a scam this is and how many people, and I would encourage people to read this report. It's a very good report because it talks about the lavish lifestyles of these defense contractors. The CEO is making millions of dollars a year. Their contractors living in absolute luxury in countries where next to them, U.S. troops are living in tents without air conditioning and water. So it really is disgusting. But we move on to the second segment and we're still talking about ramping up fear and in fact maybe we can skip the next slide and go to the next one which is a tweet uh, 
And this, there's so much wrong with this. I mean, this is, Dr. Paul, I think every so often we get a glimpse behind the curtain of what's really going on, of what these people are really about. Now, this is a shock video that was released a couple of days ago. A doctor in North Carolina was talking to, her name is Mary Catherine Rudick. She's a physician at the medical center. She's asking Carolyn Fisher, who's the hospital's director of marketing. That's kind of weird. I didn't realize hospitals had directors of marketing. But she's basically saying, hey, how can we ramp up the fear? And this is what the video, the leaked video said, quote, I think we have to be more blunt. We have to be more forceful. We have to say something coming out. If you don't get vaccinated, you know you're going to die, is what she said to the marketing director. Let's just really be blunt to these people. And then she asked the director if they could actually, which I would say fraudulently, continue to list post-COVID cases as current people hospitalized. She said, my feeling at this point in time is that maybe we need to be completely a little bit more scary for the public. There are many people still hospitalized that we're considering post-COVID, but we're not counting in those numbers. So how do we include those post-COVID people in the numbers of patients we have in the hospital? So that think about that next time you hear about the hospitals being overcrowded. You know, what you just read just represents an attitude which used to be endorsed by a small percentage of people, but then it can go epidemic and it's catchy and to different degrees, of course, uh, is accepted by a large number of population. Now, she, she accepts it because, uh, in a way, she, she's a sociopath because yeah. she's willing to do this, and, and it's a lie. You know, she says this lie, this, is, uh, this will uh, help p promote our cause, and she probably would argue that uh, he, she's preventing diseases because more people are going to get vaccinated and that sort of thing. And, uh, of course, that's part of what culture of Marxism is working with right now is, uh, is to do it. If it causes chaos, that's fine. We're, that's what we really want. So uh, I, I think it's so typical. But once again, we don't get the clips behind the scenes, but that probably goes on all the time. Yeah, you yeah. know, how, how do we do that? And you can imagine, I, I wish we had a tape of every conversation that Fauci and Bill Gates has had yeah. over the years, especially 10 years ago when they were laying in the plans for all this nonsense. Well, speaking of the devil, <laughs> literally maybe, uh, Bill Gates, let's look at this next clip because this is still in the segment we're calling fear, ramping up the fear. This is an article that Gates wrote last August. It's not a brand new read, but it's worth considering now. Bill Gates wrote an article saying, COVID-19 is awful. Climate change could be worse. Yes, and, and there's been other stories like this where they talk about it and they realize that, uh, you, you know, that we're winning the argument. Truth is on our side. And they, they probably are saying, you know, there's too many people going to football games. How can we stop them? So they have to do something else. And even like six months ago or so before it was, you know, more self-evidence that the, uh, the, the epidemic was going to fade away. And uh, they, they were uh, just saying that, you know, this is, this is the, the thing that has to be done because climate change is so bad. And I was looking at the news, the uh, business news, you know, I was looking at the business channel today. And of course, we had a little hurricane come in, pass through our houses just yeah. a couple of nights ago. And uh, it knocked down some trees and it was significant. Uh, but it was barely, 
you know, uh, a, a, a category one. Yeah. But the story I read was we have to up the number of, of serious, uh, uh, you know, storms. Name storms, <clears throat> and yeah. So there's more named storms this year than ever before. Yeah. I, that's not an accurate statement, but a lot of them put them yeah. in. But the, the, really the storms, are, they're always serious and dangerous. But uh, the, whole, the whole thing is, is, is they talked about that and they said that we would do it. So if I had to guess, even the... Uh, weather channels are in 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 the in this business of uh, uh, playing the game of wokeism. You yeah. know that they they participate this, and uh, of course, you know, look at what they did with the fear of uh, COVID. Uh, but they've done been doing they've been doing the environmental fear fear mongering for a long time. Yeah. But they wanted to wrap you know wrap that up a bit, so uh, ratchet it up a bit. So that's where they are, and it looks like we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of storms, whether they're real or not. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll see a video behind the scenes of them deciding to name the storms even scarier names, right, yeah, yeah. for marketing purposes. Oh, here comes the Death Dealer. Here <laughs> comes the Destroyer instead of Ned or Fred or whatever they want to call them but we want to go on next to a segment and this is something that where we scratch our heads and wonder this is from the New York Times and we're talking about booster shots we're talking about and we've talked about this before this big battle between the FDA and the CDC where you have senior level people resigning and quitting saying that we don't need these boosters there's a real problem and us thinking well if we do need the boosters, that does suggest the efficacy of the vaccine is not what it was marketed at. And, you know, we do have the receipts for some of that. But this tweet, and I sent it to you this morning, Dr. Paul, because I scratched my head so often, I think my yeah, hair we, came we, out. I hope you can yeah, relate this. Let's put that next one up. This is from the New York Times. This is uh, today. If we can make it a little bigger. Uh, this is a serious tweet. It's not a joke. This isn't the Babylon Bee. Researchers in Israel reported that a third dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID vaccine can enhance protection in adults older than 60 for at least 12 days. 12 days. Now, they're bragging about it lasting for 12 days, uh, the efficacy of this. That's You know, they're not competing with natural uh, immunity, are they? Because... <laughs> A lot of us believe that you can have lifetime immunity yeah. from a lot of diseases. Not in this one particular, because we think this, at least that, my opinion, is that we're closer to a cold virus and it can be severe and we can make it all, all that worse. But maybe it's a typo. Maybe it's, maybe a, it's 12, 12, 12 days. What are they talking about? <laughs> so basically, how, many people, how many people are going to get sick and they think they have a little cold and they tell the doctor and the doctor is obedient. He says, oh, well, you need another booster. It's going to last for 12 days so you can go to the football game. Yeah. That's maybe what it's for. And so Pfizer is going to reap this huge profits. But guess what? Moderna is not happy at all. And it chimes in and says, well, hang on. Ours <laughs> isn't that great either. Let's put up that next tweet. Uh, they, love, they love the idea of everyone going through and getting a shot every couple of days. Here's Moderna. Moderna. New data from Moderna's large COVID-19 vaccine trial shows that the protection it offers wanes over time, supporting the case for booster doses, the company said. And then there was actually something I didn't include, which is their stock prices went through the roof. So now they're actually competing to say, this vaccine is really not that great. It's pretty <laughs> junky. You better get one over and over. And let's just rewind a little bit, Dr. Paul. Let's look at that next tweet. This is from oh so long ago, just back in March. Here's Fauci. All three vaccines are 100% effective against death and hospitalization. 
Fauci says, February 28th, 2021. And then the next one, this is Walensky, the head of the CDC. This is also, this is in uh, late March. She said, CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky, quote, our data from the CDC today suggests that vaccinated people do not carry the virus. This is what they were saying then. Now they're saying every 12 days, line up, take it, take another shot. The material I read on people I trust, uh, the vaccinated person can have a lot more virus in their noses than the unvaccinated. And uh, of course, the unvaccinated are the enemy, and yet they may have the most best long-term protection. So if I personally had a choice, I would take that natural natural immunity. But you know, it's interesting that how how they manipulate. We talk about the manipulation of uh, uh, of the statistics and the data. Uh, so they can take this data and show how bad it is off and on. Some days it's bad, depends on what they want to promote. If they want to promote more masks and the data shows one thing, if they're promoting, look how great the vaccine was, then they do something else. But, uh, there's another thing going on now and, uh, it's more difficult to analyze to what extent, but I don't think it looks good. Of course, this is something I've from the very beginning <clears throat> was a general reason why I don't like vaccine. You have to, it's not that I'm against vaccines uh, just per se, that uh, you should use them under a great deal of caution. So if you have complications, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're even reported, at least they're supposedly reported on the CDC, and it's a lot, but some of these hospitals that are filled up and the one group of nurses were quitting over this yeah. because they they were convinced that, that they were lying uh, about it and they were calling everything COVID. At the same time, the nurses became convinced that there was complications from the vaccine. And of course, the the uh, professional uh, liars in the in the uh, medical field uh, they came down hard on them yeah. and they said if you don't get your vaccine you're done and it looked like there were, there were well we've heard several cases yeah. now where nurses I think that's really should send a message it's sort of they're they're on the front line some of them have worked with with patients in a closer way than most doctors work yeah. with a the patient they're with them constantly and uh, they're they're quitting and then they say, well, the hospital bills, beds are filled up. Yeah. Well, there aren't any. There aren't, there aren't any as many hospital bills because they don't have personnel. So it's, uh, it's, it's a real mess, all because there was too much dependency and capitulation in saying government uh, has the authority to practice medicine. The government has the authority to put into people's body uh, in the name of national security, in the name of public safety. Yeah. And uh, so the people are to blame to a large degree because they go along with it. And of course, they, many are put under very difficult circumstances. But overall, it's the people who push the philosophy of interventionism and make sure that anybody who objects to it are, you know, look at look at some of the accusations even against Trump kill, killing people. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't do things. And then six months later, uh, the CDC does exactly what he was doing. Yeah. It, so it, it's um, it, it is a real mess. And the rules that you'd have to follow to straighten this out aren't that complicated. It's just that uh, people ought to have a right to take care of themselves, and nobody has a right to tell other people what to do with their lives, their money, or their property. Well, the thing about these nurses is maybe they're wrong. They say they think think there's some problems with the vaccine. Maybe they're wrong. We don't know. We're not giving medical advice. But why isn't anyone just researching it then? Prove them wrong, at least. 
And that's what we can't understand. But here's this next clip, and I'm, I'm going to wind it down with this, Dr. Paul. But this is another head scratcher. But I think what happens is you dumb down the population, you numb their minds with fear, and then they stop being able to think properly at all. And they believe, you know, as, as in... Uh, as in 1984, uh, they, they, they begin to love Big Brother. Let's look at this. This is not the Babylon Bee. This is actually CNN. Let's look at this next clip. This is a tweet from CNN. She was vaccinated, but was infected by others who chose not to be. The cost was her life. Now, just stop and think about it. Isn't the whole point of being vaccinated that you wouldn't get infected by others who are not vaccinated? It's hard to read this with... You know, it's, it's, it's even worse than propaganda. It's idiocy. It's dumb. Yeah. I mean, actually, they're really, really stupid. Somebody to really make that And they keep doing this. Over you know, and it over. should be the strongest argument. Why are we giving so much vaccination or putting so much trust in it? Yeah. But, of course, we're protected from being the authoritarians, and you've already mentioned it, is that people should be making up their mind. There should be no prohibitions. Every once in a while, you'll see the conservatives get charged, and we're going to remove the mandates, and we're going to dictate this. No, you yeah. don't. You dictate freedom. You, yeah. you allow people uh, to do it. So you can't, have, you can't have a mandate or a prohibition against, you know, giving a virus and, or you know, t t taking a vaccine. And that's too often the case because it has to be uh, uh, on both sides. You, you can't force and you can't dictate to people what they have to do uh, in order to take care of themselves. But they, people have lost trust in this. They're very dependent. It started with economics and uh, they become very dependent. Whether or the very rich, the military-industrial complex, and the many other in the uh, trillion-dollar category, they're very rich, and, uh, and, and they take a position in the very poor, you know. And the, and the one thing that I remember very clearly about reading Human Action, Mises' great book, and he says that uh, if you continue to do what we've been doing, you wipe out the middle class. And every day when I see pictures of tent cities and, and the crime wave going on and, and uh, the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer and the middle class being wiped out, I think of that. The, 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 right now, the, the middle class, low middle income, are probably suffering more uh, than the people who are very poor because the very poor uh, are getting, still getting checks. But they eventually get wiped out, as, as a lot of people get wiped out, is because the cost Cost of living will go up in an uncontrollable manner, and that's what we're starting to see. Yeah. Well, I'm done. I can't top that CNN thing, Dr. Paul. I'm going <laughs> to hand it over to you. <laughs> Very good. I want to thank our viewers once again for uh, tuning in today because we're going to keep plugging away at uh, trying our very best to understand what's going on and what the principles are behind it and why a free society is so much better than an authoritarian society. Uh, that is what was intended by the work of the founders, but even early on, uh, the changes occurred away once again from a freedom, free society into an authoritarian society. So if it's a challenge between voluntarism and authoritarianism, there shouldn't be any difficulty on which to choose. Not only because it's morally correct and constitutionally correct, it also is uh, very practical too. And so uh, if you want peace and prosperity, you will vote for the voluntarist society and reject the authoritarians. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.